Hello and welcome to What's Up Fandom. My name is Josh, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Sean O'Reilly from Arcana Studios. How you doing, Sean? Doing excellent, thank you. Um, so, Sean, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of tell our uh, listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I started uh, comic books in 2003, publishing one comic book, and then 2004 we did two to ten. Ten became... 20, 50, uh, we've done 300 graphic novels. Uh, I've only done two licenses. Most of them are original graphic novels. And then uh, 2012, one of the books called Kagagi, created by Jay Ogic. Uh, him and I produced an animated series called Kagagi uh, with APTN. Convenient. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, good title. Yeah. Actually, it's a cool title because uh, in Algonquin, the language of Algonquin, it means the raven. Oh, okay. So that was cool. So then uh, that started their animation studio. And then the first animated feature we did after that was Pixies. Uh, we got Christopher Plummer, uh, the late and amazing Bill Paxton, uh, Alexa Vega, who's fantastic. And then uh, we've done seven, eight movies uh, since then. The last one came out November through Lionsgate called Go Fish. Mm-hmm. That kind of brings us up to speed. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing: you kind of glossed over like the majority <laughs> of like of your career. It's like you're a writer director, uh, comic writer director. Uh, you're an editor, uh, set design. Like <laughs> I like just looking through everything. I was just like, good lord, this guy's done everything. Uh, it's it's one of those cool things. It's like CEO of your own company. Um, but yeah, like your writer director of Goldfish, starring I Justine, Mark Hammer, Scott McNeil, uh, Ron Perlman, and what I'm guessing based on the IB, IMDb credits, the rest of your children and wife. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, we are. I, I jokingly call us a farm to fork company, so we do it all. Uh, I've never done like a work for hire scenario where you do that much of a movie. We do from that much to that much of a movie. Uh, development, creative writing, um, art direction. And so, you know, doing Go Fish, um, relatively small budget, uh, especially compared to the big boys. But uh, when you're doing that, you kind of do it all yourself. Yeah. Uh, the, the the catering budget, I'm sure on Pixar, is just <laughs> massive. And so we, we don't have those luxuries necessarily. So whenever I'm needed, I kind of, I feel like the little boy kind of plugging my finger wherever it's leaking um and i'll help out wherever i go so it's interesting uh, and it kind of has me going from there go fish i think we had 20 25 crew um so right now we're about 65 on our new projects and they're all working from home which has been a challenge too yeah i i can bet i mean and, and just for some of the people that don't know you know like how big like an animation crew is uh sony had 600 for uh into the spider verse so yeah. There's there's definitely a bit of a, a bit of a challenge there, but I mean, with you know only like twenty five crew members, you know, working on that film, like it looks really good. I have unfortunately I have not had a chance to watch it yet, um, just because this week and like last week have been crazy. So it's been well, this whole you know oh, lockdown and everything. This whole like, last three to four months has just been ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're also the executive producer of The Reckoning, which is a horror film based in the 1600s on the Black Death. And I believe that comes out in August. Like, Isn't That's there right. like a run in August? Yeah. 
So that's uh, directed by Neil Marshall, who's amazing. Um, so to be brutally honest, how, how we started this is um, on Pixies. Kagagi was a little different. Um, we got a large amount of funding from amazing government partners, including Shaw Rocket and, and some other ones. Uh, on Pixies, what I did is I created a little short film and then uh, it's a long story when you're starting at Pixies to answer the reckoning, but just hold in there. Uh, what we did hey on Pixies- Hey man, I got, I got all day. You're my, you're my only interview today. So I love man, it. I'm here, so. So Pixies, I, I, I had a graphic novel, which I created and wrote, created the screenplay, did the short film, and then what we do is we get a minimum guarantee against future sales, an MG as they call it. You didn't have to finance that yourself uh, or go to a bank or a lender or whatever use that, make your movie, and then you finally get your MG back. We've been doing this eight times. I, I've gotten to the point where we now finance our own MGs. And weirdly, uh, we are now in a position where I did what's called senior debt lending on uh, The Reckoning. So uh, yeah, we, we, uh, that's how I became an executive producer on it. And so can you tell us a little bit about The Reckoning? I mean, other than like, like from, from the article I read from... Uh, I think it was like on Fantasia uh, from the article I read. It sounded really cool. I will say I am a wuss when it comes to horror though. <laughs> so like how scary is this going to be for me? This is very intense. It's very grounded. Oh, no. um, it's very real. And so it's kind of, it's interesting because like, uh, you know, Neil Marshall's done Game of Thrones. He's done uh, Hellboy. And he's done some pretty big, amazing things uh, to me. I, this is the stuff I love. And it's not like I don't love Game of Thrones. Who doesn't love Game of Thrones? Um, but well, this a lot is, of people in the last two seasons. I was going to say the last man. season, yeah, I was not personally thrilled with some of the decisions. Regardless, uh, this is the type of movie that's kind of, I love, uh, very grounded, realistic, uh, takes its time, it's time to breathe. The visual effects are subtle. So I saw, I was able to see before and after the visual effects. Mm-hmm. And it's anytime you do that and you don't notice it's even there, those are the time I think it really works. I jokingly call it like, uh, you know, an offensive lineman in football. Mm -hmm. Uh, You never notice the guy until they make a mistake and they circle him on the screen. It's like visual effects should enhance and be subtle and, and just work naturally so you don't question it. And they've done an excellent job. Nice. Um, so with, uh, with Arcana, you also have, like, so you have Arcana.com, which is like your main site that has all of your, uh, you know, your animation stuff. Yeah. And then you've got Arcana comics, yeah. which is ridiculous. Like the amount of titles that you guys have on there is insane. Like I was just like scrolling through and I was like, oh, let's see titles. Cause like you, that the front page is like, oh, here's some, you know, popular stuff. And I was like, okay, I want to just click on the titles, I'm, like scrolling and scrolling i'm like oh my gosh the scroll bar it just doesn't stop it just keeps refreshing so like how many like comic titles do you guys have on there yeah so the the arcanacomics.com i believe is 300 titles um we've been uh publishing since 2003 the the hard part is to be brutally honest with publishing it doesn't generate a lot of revenue uh and even then if you do get a lot of revenue the joke is in comics the profits are paper thin so uh it's uh, wah, wah. uh but uh it's terrible. true though because honestly like comics is a tough gig like we're up to 65 people as i mentioned i don't know how i would pay for six if i was just a comic book publisher uh it's a it's a tough scrappy scrappy market have you got i i noticed on there that a lot of them were like were their purchase but like 
have you guys thought about doing something where you could do like maybe like a read the first chapter and then do like a monthly subscription type of scenario? We've, yeah, we've talked about. So uh, I think on Comixology, I think the first five to 10 pages are free. I believe on our website, the first five pages are free. Um, we have a panel coming up at San Diego Comic-Con and we're doing uh, anyone that watches it live. So Comic-Con's a little unusual this year. As are yeah, most everything's things during live. COVID. Everything's online. Yeah, and they're doing it pre-recorded. So we actually handed our panel in on June 22nd, and then Comic-Con plays it July 22nd. And I think Comic-Con's actually going through all of the content right now, making sure it's you know kid-friendly, there's nothing risque on it. Um, but we are also doing a, a live feed with Josh, who I think you know. Mm-hmm. And um, once we go live on our panel, we're going to be like, he's going to Twitter or something. And they're going to be giving away free PDFs there as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, because like that's that was one of the things that, uh, like honestly, like I like to do. Like whenever I go into like a comic shop or anything like that, like Barnes and Noble or whatever, like I'll like flip through because like I want to see how the art goes. Totally. And I want to see, you know, a little bit about the story which like and that like honestly if you guys did like a monthly subscription that was like hey we've put these on there and for like 4.99 a month you can go and you can read all the comics like i would totally be down for that because i mean i do a lot of like we do a lot of stuff with webtoon yeah and like that's but again that's also a billion dollar line corporation so they can just like whatever um but like with stuff like that i'm just like I like doing things like that because even if it's like, here's the first chapter and then go buy the second chapter. Totally. Like I would totally be down for that. Um, so it's, it's cool that you guys are, you know, looking into stuff like that because yeah. yeah, I would definitely be in there. Cause like, that's my thing. Like there's only so much you can see from a cover. Sure. And a lot so, of times they'll, they'll have a different cover artist yeah. and a different interior artist. Mm-hmm. So the art look can be totally different. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now let's all, you're also, uh, you've also got, uh, Howard Lovecraft, which, uh, is, was, was that based on a comic originally or is that it something was. that you, okay. Bruce Brown. I was living in Santa Monica. I remember it's kind of weird. There's some things like, you know, uh, I was in my bedroom in Santa Monica and Bruce called me and he's like, Sean, I got this great idea for a comic book. Go Bruce. And it was HP uh, Lovecraft as a kid. It was historical fiction kind of all the stuff that HP would write about as an adult. He actually experienced it as a kid. I was like, Ooh, that's cool. And then, so we started doing that. Um, and that was Howard Lovecraft and the frozen kingdom 2000. I can't remember seven, I think. And then we did the undersea kingdom. Uh, these are soft cover books. And then we did the kingdom of madness. And then we collected them as Howard Lovecraft in the three kingdoms. And then uh, the good people Shout Factory uh, did the exact same model I mentioned earlier with Pixies. And we got the first one up and going, the second one, the third one. And then that was interesting. So in Pixies, I kind of accidentally did something that worked for a global market. I now call it LBC, Lighter, Brighter, Colorful. And when you're Pixies licensed, you know, to a few countries and and did pretty good. Um, So one of the things you want to do is not quite pander, but you want to have something that's all ages, four quadrant, they call it, co-viewing is another word. And Howard really, it was a little dark. We had from a lot of the foreign buyers, just like, is this for kids? Um, I'd love to know how like, you know, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas 
compares with like um, because they were able to slot that Disney on there. That's the reason yeah. they were able to do that. But could you, you think of like if Tim Burton would have just be like, "This is my thing. I'm doing it. Putting it out by myself." Like kids, it would not have been a kids thing. Well, and I think it does well in North America. I'll be curious, like Europe, Japan, Asia. Does it still do as well as like Madagascar or Minions or something that's a bit more, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be, I'd love to see the numbers because I think it does well in North America. Kids seem to adopt. I think we have a darker kid audience a little bit in North America. They're more used to Our American children are jaded. A little <laughs> bit more, I think. Uh, more tolerant, maybe, of, of the darker spectrum. And then when you start to travel abroad, it seems like, you know, oh, that's too dark. Uh, yeah. Um, so let, let's kind of go a little bit further back, uh, Sean. Let's go back to when, when little Sean was running around. Um, so tell us a I little bit about... was never that little. <laughs> Everyone's little at some point. Uh, so uh, so what, what were you like like as a kid? Like, what were, what were you into? Like, were you really big in the animation, the comics? Like, what was... What was um, I'm, I'm going to guess little Sean running around with, you know, those Skechers light shoes... <laughs> where you know you run and they like blinking stuff I, i'm a little i'm a little older we didn't have yeah shoes yeah i was i was thinking it was like that was like a 1990s thing so yeah yeah that was little sean my first jam was probably i had a little hamster that's really young after that was he-man loved he-man ah, nice i remember getting my first he-man toy um and then we had i had the the man at arms you know ship or uh, yeah his, his little like, play thing yeah his little car thing that just blew my mind that was so cool uh and then also star wars huge star wars fan um so i was collecting he-man toys and i loved those because they're big and chunky and everything and obviously my first ones were star wars i remember having ben kenobi with the lightsaber yeah the lightsaber yeah he and luke they had that lightsaber that like pushes up and i like, love that like i thought that was the, the lightsaber and, and obviously i lost the lightsaber and i lost his old plastic cape um but i love those that was that was great and then transformers were massive gi joe i never got into. i wasn't a huge gun guy but uh i think i just like the big bulky he-man the transformers that transformed and yeah. would have like contests i love those um my first comics were transformers because of the toy and then i remember going we have a thing in, in here in canada called husky. husky uh husky it's a gas station and it's kind of like an every man gas station gotcha uh and so i go in there and they had a spinner rack and i bought uh secret wars issue four i didn't nice. even get the first one i missed it and it was where hulk is bracing the mountain on his back mm -hmm. trying to uh, that blew my mind. And after that, I basically became a comic collector. Uh, it took about a year before I went into uh, comic book stores. I didn't even know there were such things. Um, so I was probably, I can't remember. You could look up Secret Wars, but I think I was seven. So uh, 83, four, somewhere in there, five maybe. Um, so whenever quick, Secret so Wars, with comics, like were you more of like a Marvel DC guy? Marvel. Or Marvel, okay. Yeah, almost hands down. Like, well, uh, thanks everybody. It was, it was great talking, <laughs> talking with Sean. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. No. I was a Marvel zombie. Like, seriously, I don't know what it was. I love, and then I got, after that, I got an X-Men. Holy X, crow. X-Men like, was my jam. Like, of all the Marvel right stuff, it was X-Men. Yeah. Seriously, like, I read, uh, I almost remember my first issue. So then I, then I became a hardcore collector. I bought X-Men 94. 
which was a fortune for a child. Uh, giant size X-Men number one I bought. Um, and this by a fortune back then they were like a hundred bucks. Um, so now I don't even know what they're at. Uh, John says X-Men number one. And I got it graded with CGC. Like I went hardcore. Nerd. You went hardcore. You were like, I don't even want to read this. I just want to yeah. get it and put it in a plastic. I don't want to own a copy less than 9.0. That, Cause that's just embarrassing. Like no one wants that. <laughs> I mean, what's that one? Hold on. I don't have my glasses on. I don't want to get up either. That's a, that's a 9.5. You have a Captain, giant X-Men? Uh, no, Captain America, one, two, three, first nice. appearance of uh, Fury. So, yeah. yeah, it just sits there. I've never read it. It's just like, it's just in its thing, just yeah. chilling, doing its deal. And we went to local Vancouver comic conventions, and I remember Jim Lee went to one, and that was like, blew my mind, and it was super cool. And I remember waiting in line for him to sign our comics and everything. Yeah, mine was like, again, I was a DC boy. So like I grew up with like my, my jam was like teen Titans and like Robin that like Tim Drake. Oh, I love that Robin. See, I did Uh, buy that one. I I had those. I was like, cause he's different. It's not like, you know, animated series, Robin, where he's like a suck up. It's like, this is like, yeah, had his own everything. And like, I was all for it. Um, but I'm like, I went to a convention and, uh, George Perez was there Mm. and I waited in line it was maybe an hour because wow. he was doing sketches and autographs right and it was one well, of those cool, like oh i mean yeah i obviously like i waited in line i'm gonna get a nightwing sketch and that's right. what i did um but it was one of those like you're sitting there and you're just like oh my gosh i've never not moved for so <laughs> long before uh but yeah i think i was like maybe like 12 at the time so i was yeah. like eee. so like i was sure i wanted to go run around and jump off things but yeah but no like that was like i've never met jim lee every time that he's like come out here like his stuff now is like good luck yeah yeah, like you have to have you have to spend like a fortune and like be like super vip and i'm just like man it would have been cool to meet jim lee back in you know prime jim lee oh way back then it was weird like it was this it was not a convention hall i don't know where we were and it was just like a wooden table with the the metal legs and it was very, very like surreal looking back. It was very small. And going back to DC, like I think what I found intimidating, like I loved Batman. Who doesn't love Batman? Everyone loves Batman. Uh, you know, back then it might have been issue 500 or 400. And like yeah. going that little OCD nature I have where I want to have all the issues and I want to have, you know, CGC and kind of collector me. I'm like, how the hell am I going to get 500 <laughs> issues? And then number one, will be a fortune like yeah. back then it wasn't like 100 bucks like this was crazy money back then now it's i don't know what it is but yeah that's why i think like the robin stuff like really appealed to me because like when i like started really getting into comics like they were only maybe like 20 issues in yeah so it wasn't that it, i mean it was still kind of difficult to find like ones and twos but i mean yeah. like normally you were able to find a lot of those and so like i like the two that I've collected, I collected the Young Justice run and I collected the Robin run. Those are like the two like absolute complete runs that I have. The Robin one is massive. Uh, those are like the two complete ones that I have. Um, but yeah, it, I, I know what you're talking about, like going in and trying to, you know, start with like good luck finding detective comics. Like 
OG Detective Comics first appearance. Right. You'll you'll be there forever. Um, but yeah, it's it's a crazy like the comics like they're cool like I love them, but at the same time I also hate them. Yeah, yeah. I think most people in the industry have that same love yeah. relationship. Um, well, what about so yeah, you were watching Transformers, which by the yeah. way, Transformers wonderful marketing. Uh, you want this new thing? Guess what? We're gonna show it on the show. And then you got to go buy it because oh, it's transparent. I, I, I stood in line for, uh, not quite, but uh, Omega Supreme. Uh, when it came out, Toys R Us. Yeah, that was because it was on the show and I just had to have Omega Supreme. Yeah, my thing, like, when I, like, our thing was like Pokemon. Like, that yeah. was like the everything. Like, when a yeah. new Pokemon came out or like a new deck of for cards came out. And like, I, I still have some of like the OG, like, Wizards of the Coast ones. Like I have a one pack of like series two that's like not opened and I'm like, I'm going to hold on to it forever. Cause maybe one day it'll be <laughs> worth something and it's kind of worth something, but I'm like, yeah. I will another 20 years and then it'll be worth two grand. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of those like, yeah, my thing was like always like the cards and everything like that. Cause like, I don't know what it was like, like in that like 99, like, into like the 2000s like toys weren't i will mean, i say that there was beanie babies and furbies so right, right. that's what our generation had was the atrocious beanie babies that are now <laughs> worthless well i played uh magic the gathering i had a couple decks and i had, had like my black and white deck i remember and you had a green and blue deck and so you'd build your your cards mm-hmm. have we ever magic the gathering no uh, I, I, my uncle played Magic the Like when he was a kid, like Magic the am I, am I, I'm basically the demo of your uncle then. Here Pretty is. much, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, he was uh, Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. That was his. Oh, I love D&D. We thing. played so much D&D. Man, that's the, the thing that's broken right now is uh, Dungeons and Dragons for me. Like right. I, I, I was playing with my friends in Oklahoma. We played for years. And then I moved out here and I was doing it you know, just like this. And it was totally fine for me because they were all together still in Oklahoma and I was out here and then everything happened with the quarantine. Right, right. So they couldn't go to each other's houses and play. So then it turned into, how do we play now? And I was like, just do what I've been doing. <laughs> it's been working just fine. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah. My mom yeah. got the uh, original Dungeons and Dragons handbook. Like this had to be 1980 or somewhere in there. It's like Stranger Things. Like that's yeah. actually what happened with me. And then my friends and I would play and, and uh, it was kind of weird. And then there was newspaper articles on like, I can't remember, people either killing themselves or getting aggressive. And my mom's like, should I have bought that for you? And it also had this tainted thing, which actually somewhat made it cooler. And, and yeah, so, Dungeons and Dragons is evil, and you're like, I know, Ooh. you're like, Ooh. and then when AD and D came out, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, holy crew, that just blew my mind. That was so much cooler, and I had everything it had before, but uh, all the rules were advanced, and it felt it felt like a teenager game, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of rebranded itself, and I thought that was awesome too. And then four came along, and. Yeah, we used to play the uh, Ra- Raven Ravencraft, Raven Ravenloft, Ravenloft, the vampire yeah. one. And it was funny because like I I haven't talked about this stuff in like yeah they they rebranded that now to I believe it's like Curse of Strahd for okay. 5e. So like they've kind of like redone it and like made it 5e. 
Because um, those expansion packs are so fun. So like there is a, a friend of mine named Sean Todd and, and would go in his backyard and him and his brothers and I would get like a Ravenloft, the expansion pack. And then we'd go in the tent and we'll have like a sleepover and we'd play the whole D&D thing in his backyard in a tent. It was super fun. Yeah, that's our thing was like, it was like every, every other Friday we would go and we would play at our friend's house and he would DM. And it started off like there was just like, four of us and it was yeah. very small and I loved it. And then it expanded to seven, right. uh, which is still fun. But then it's also like, Oh my gosh, there's so many things. And I think we kind of burned them out a little bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I mean, our last campaign did not go well. It was a, uh, it was basically like a full TPK. So yeah. there were like my character survived and two characters that warped away survived and everybody else dead. So we lost four characters. Uh, yeah. And so that kind of like ruined him, I think. So now he kind of doesn't really want to play, which kind of sucks. So now I'm like, anybody want to play Dungeons and Dragons? I'm sitting here and I'm like, I want to play, please. See, it's funny because like the DM totally makes everything. Yeah. Uh, you'll have some DMs that make it way too easy and you get too rewarded and you have this weird guilt. You're just kind of like, oh, okay, thanks. You get a magic ring, plus two, you get this. Mm -hmm. I didn't really deserve that. And then you get other ones that are just out to kill you. Yeah. And, like, it's not even, like, gold's involved. Like, you're just you're just getting wailed on. You're like, come on, dude. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh. that's kind of the way this one turned out. It was like, but, and, yeah, that's also, you know, your players, too. Because it totally. was like, let's just leave. Guys, right. we're, <laughs> we can literally just go. We don't have to fight. The, and that's the thing that, like, is weird because like i've dm'd some stuff uh we did like i was gonna do the thing with the dragon prince people um because yeah. a bunch of them play so like i know adrian plays yeah. uh cole plays jesse plays so we were gonna do a whole thing um and i was gonna dm that but then it all just depends on like how your players go sure totally uh and yeah that's who sometimes it's a mess like i was I always like yeah, I, I, I always was in character, but I didn't like, you know, LARP or anything. I didn't go yeah, yeah. too far. Yeah, but at the same time, you have some people that maybe don't take it seriously. And I couldn't imagine kids now because they'll be like, my turn, and they'll roll a dice. And it's like, that's not what you're there for. Like, you got to kind of. Yeah, you got to pay attention. And like, our, attention. our DM didn't like us to, you know, like, uh, what what's it called? I don't know. When you're like metagame, he didn't like us when we metagame. Right, right, right. So like right. we would like kind of huddle together and be like, all right, if you go do this, I want to do this. He right. hated that. And I'm like, you wouldn't be doing that in combat. We'd be like, yeah, but it's a game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, like we we did a whole thing on our last campaign where it was like me, the DM's wife, and then another, another uh, girl that played with us. We all decided that we were going to be siblings. So like there, there's a, there's a, random thing that's like you can be like a lichen elf so it's like but it's not like a real werewolf they just turn into wolves right right, right. like the, the thing is like this big like there is like nothing on it it was just like a little bitty blurb and i was like cool let's be this and so our dm like he was like mm, it seems too powerful so i'm gonna nerf it um but then like we were just like had text conversation after text conversation of like creating <laughs> our backstory with each other and it was just so much fun um and like i was the oldest so like i was the oldest i was like the elder brother and then we had 
younger sister and then younger brother. And it was just a a whole thing. And like, we put so much time into it. We were the DeWolf clan. Like it was just like so fun and stupid. And then they both died. So, and did you have an emblem or anything? Yes, yeah, like it was it was like a white paw. Uh, yeah, we were like the last ones. We were trying to figure out like who killed our pack. And it was a whole big deal. That's our cool. sister, I know actually it was our brother, the DM's wife. She was like a blood hunter or whatever. So she could actually turn into a werewolf. So she was a wolf that could turn into a werewolf. <laughs> So it was a whole thing where we were like, what? And like, we tried well, not to let a comic other series know. you can pursue. Yeah. Like we, we didn't let anybody else know that that's what we were. Yeah. So like whenever she turned into a werewolf, we were like, what? Oh my gosh. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was super fun. Uh, but yeah, like that's yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. It's a fantastic game full of imagination. See, it was funny because when the DM was too wildly at times, that was kind of the drawback. You always need to go on. And that's kind of why I also like Magic the Gathering and, and Hero Clicks was another one. Did you ever play Hero Clicks? The only Hero Clicks I ever participated in was it was a free comic book day and they were giving oh, yeah, yeah, a free Spider Man Hero Click. And I, I got one and I was like, cool. And I had it on my desk for the longest time. And I'm like, I don't even know how to play this game, but it's Spider-Man, pretty fun. It looks pretty cool. And because then those type of games had much more stringent rules. Mm-hmm. Um, you still had a little bit of the creative role playing, but like it, it's a rule set, and you can't just you know do anything you want. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so what? I mean, my goodness. Like, what about movies? Like, were there any like movies that you were you know super into? Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, depends. Or are still into? Cause, I mean, yeah, I'm not depends what age. Uh, I, on my wall over here, I have Conan Sword. Nice. Um, so I loved all the Schwarzenegger movies, probably from age 15 on. Um, watched everything with him. I, and back then, there were VHS tapes. Uh, and so I collected all those, too. Yeah. Uh, I had about 30 different Schwarzenegger VHS tapes. Um, obviously, the MCU, I just love watching the first Iron Man. I remember where it was and how cool it was and... Um, what they've done is just nothing short of amazing. Indiana Jones, those were just incredible. Um, Star Wars, obviously, I mentioned that. That was probably the biggest one for me. Um, the other thing that was weird, I remember uh, movies are significant. Uh, I used to work at Platinum Studios. Uh, they published uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Nice. And so I went on a road trip with a friend of mine to California uh, in 1997 it was around July, and the original Men in Black came out. And um, 10 years later, I was working with one of the producers of Men in Black to the day. And it was just kind of weird because, like, I don't go to Santa Monica that much. <laughs> but um, Well, it's hard to get in and out of. Yeah. Well, let's, let's be real. It's hard to get in and out. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, uh, and then, so I lived there uh, for about three years, from 2007 to 2010. I uh, lived in Santa Monica. Um, Worked at Platinum and did that. Uh, but yeah, Star Wars, trying to think about part of their aliens. I guess they're part of the MCU now. I don't know if you saw that. Are they? They uh, they just released two days ago, three days ago. Uh, I forget who the artist was. Awesome artist. And it's uh, part of their holding uh, the Iron Man head. So they're having an Aliens, Iron Man, Predator comic book series. 
My hold guess up, is, hold up. Batman fought the Predator like in the 90s, though. But that's a licensing one because it's Warner oh, Brothers okay. Fox. Oh, it's Fox. I didn't even think about so that. Disney owns Fox, so they yeah. own the Predator and Aliens, so you could segue them into the MCU. And then my other thought is now that they own X-Men, do you remember The Brood? Yeah. So The Brood was do kind of a cool ripoff of Aliens. Yeah. It was cool. I love The Brood. But would you use the brood or do you just use aliens or do you have both because they're different species? See, these are the things that keep me up at night, man. I just don't know anymore. Well, it's, it's one of those, it, it's the crazy thing because you're like, when you look at now what Disney owns oh, it's and you're just like, but, 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 and it's just, it just gets crazy. Um, like, who knows? Like, we're supposed to be getting that, uh, shoot the that x-men movie oh yeah new mutants one new mutants new mutants that we were supposed they, they, to get like know, two years apparently ago apparently they went back to the original now so they did like i think they did reshoots and then they they did a whole bunch of editing so and I, is I it going to be r now because i thought the original one was supposed to be r and then they were like let's make it pg-13 yeah are they going to go back to r is it, i i don't know it, it depends what press release that this thing has started and stopped more times yeah. than my first car like this thing's crazy I like how now it's like yeah, it could it's coming out in September and it's like I know it? I know it's been pushed so many times. They're like, oh, we're going to reshoots and then all the because I think it was uh, Maze from Lord of the Rings um, yeah. from uh, uh, Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones, and but it looked way different and way older and stuff. And the reshoots didn't quite sync. And I heard they're pulling them back, and it'll be interesting. Oh man, like See, that's that, what I'm that, hoping, like that uh, was what I was really hoping for because like when they first announced it and like it's it's going to be a dark X Men and I was like. Cool. That right, sounds totally. awesome. Right. Uh, but now I, I'm very happy with everything 5G's done. I think most people are. Um, the hard part with X-Men, I think, because it's the series and then, like, you know, I'm a diehard X-Men fan. The series is very generational. Um, so you have the original young Charles Xavier with a dream, and he gets a handful of people. And then that dream kind of dies at 94, and he gets a brand-new team. And then Wolverine's kind of the new guy, but Scott Summers is the old guard. Mm -hmm. And so then they have this conflict and then you get a couple generations more. Like the X-Men storyline kind of kept evolving. Yeah. It kept changing. And to me, that's what I kind of really liked. And then you get the new guy, Longshot. And he was the new, you know, fresh-eyed uh, guy. And Wolverine was the old jaded veteran. And then it kind of kept progressing. And that's how I think Old Man Logan kind of came about. And then now we've seen the death of Wolverine. Yeah, it'll but, be uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do X Men. I hope they start at the beginning. I mean, like, that's my hope because you can't dive into like Wolverine before kind of showing yeah. up. I think uh, I, it'll be interesting. Like what I'm concerned about is like, are they going to? Because like that was one of the things that was cool about the X Men. Like they were part of the Marvel universe, but also like not really part of the right, Marvel right. universe. Yeah, until kind of the, we needed to do we needed to sell like a bunch of comics and do right. this cool crossover stuff yeah. so i it, it'll be interesting to see like if they still do that or if they're like hey phase nine we're gonna bring everything all together i and, think like, it honestly you know it's kind of weird think of this so it, it might be this is very contemporary in the in the late 70s early 80s they had an ad say uh, do you know what your children are and it put mutie on it. And the, the mutant was uh, clearly um, symbolic and analogous to racism. 
And I mean, right now with all the things happening with BLM, I mean, maybe that's, uh, you know, they, they can bring that mutant thing because it, it had very good social um, issues where you can talk to kids and it wasn't on the nose. So it wasn't like scary and real. And it was this thing being a mutie and a mutant. And they, they ended up having that, that, you know, racism that was dealt with in a comic book. So you don't feel terrified, um, but it could deal with real issues. And I remember one of the issues I remember reading Kitty pride was coming out of a nightclub with all our friends. It's like two in the morning and they're just sitting around a table and talking. And it was weird because it was like, you know, 300 issues of X-Men, I think are up to 400 now. But like, that was a scene that really stood out to me. And it's a bunch of superheroes just talking at a diner. And I don't remember what issue, probably 180s, 70s. But it was really cool because it was a bunch of teenagers and kids dealing with the realities of their world, even though they can phase through walls. Yeah, uh, It was just kind of cool. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting. Like, I would like to see them, you know, like to me, like I I, I always want to see them start with like OG X Men, like mm-hmm. Beast, Gene, Scott, Bobby. Me too. Bobby. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I want. I almost to see. feel you have to start there. Yeah, because you got to start there in order to get to the good stuff, and mm-hmm. it's almost linear. But I also see, unfortunately, Disney being like, you know Let's what? Wolverine in here. Let's one. put Wolverine number one. Right, and somehow it'll be Hugh Jackman again. And Don't you it'll think? be like, I, I'm sure. It's it's like, like well, I, I, I would have said, you know, like they would never do a Pirates of the Caribbean without Johnny Depp. Yeah. But now I guess they are with Margot. But I think he is making a cameo, I think. Eh, we'll see. I mean, I have no idea what they're going to do with that, but like right. doing like X-Men without, you know, Hugh Jackman, even though to me, I, first off, I never really liked Wolverine. Yeah. I was, I was in that Scott Summers camp. <laughs> like lives like me and like four other people. And one of them's James Marsden. So, <laughs> like that was, that was just us over here. Yeah. Um, but like, I also like from reading the comics and stuff, I was like, he's not, He's not Wolverine at all. Wolverine's right. a small, burly Canadian man. Totally. And I just actually talked to my, my son. So uh, he's, I can't remember. I think he's five foot five, five foot six. I'm like, hey, you're tall than Wolverine. What? Like, no, seriously. Wolverine is like five, three, five, four. Yeah, well, wasn't. Wolverine's like I five Google foot him. four. And you're like. He's exactly five foot four. He was this, and because he's a Wolverine. Mm-hmm. He was a short, small, animal type dude that was resilient, feisty. I mean, that is who he's kind of, you know, patterned after. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sitting there like, that would have been cool. You done that. And they're like, no, let's get a freaking six foot tall Adonis. And nice smooth ones. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, what, what? It, yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's like, I, I want to see them do. I also want to see him start as kids. Right. Totally. I mean, like. That, that was the thing that like I thought was kind of meh about like when they did the the other X-Men, which right. I mean, I get that they, they've been, you know, they're almost like established at this point. Right. But I don't know. Like I want to see like, you want to see Scott the formation Young. of the school of the gifted, yeah. right? Like, and the other thing I think, you know, it's, uh, I think one thing that will be interesting is uh, the multiverse of madness, Dr. Strange. Uh, Cause I do think they'll kind of do this flashpoint thing where you're going to have, you could have the entire Fox X-Men universe as an alternate timeline. 
which was explained in, I think, Infinity War. But Multiverse Madness, I think you're going to have, all, and then also the Scarlet Witch and Vision. I, I think they're bringing back uh, Quicksilver from the X-Men. Um, Evan is his name? You know who I'm Quick, talking about. Quicksilver from X-Men or Quicksilver from? Quicksilver from X-Men. I read that. I don't know if that's a rumor. So it's, what's his name? Uh, you know, the Sweet Dreams? Yeah, yeah, Super yeah. Um, so I've read he's going to be in uh, Scarlet, Scarlet Vision. Hmm. That'll be weird. Because you know, I'm just curious whether MCU will, will they do the multiverse and have like, this is MCU Prime and also over here is X-Men. Because if they do, it'll almost be Star Wars, you know, in, in, a, in the galaxy far, far away and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Long time ago, a long time ago, in a multiverse far, far away, something far, far removed. And then you could go back to the 60s and you have, you, you show movies starting in an alternate timeline, 60s, 70s, 80s, and then they can kind of converge at some point in time. Yeah. That would be kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it's kind of sad to know that we won't see the, 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 the X-Men that we've kind of known for the last like three or four movies again. Right they're all gone pretty much right which kind of sucks see i don't uh, mind the recasting i would love a recasting personally i mean yeah i i same but i mean like i was like we just got scott summers guys we, know, we just got a new scott summers and he was yeah. good and they're like get rid of him yeah. um so uh yeah Patrick that's gonna, a tough one to replace because he is perfect yeah like it i mean but i mean they're they'll probably keep like they'll keep deadpool just because i mean oh like, yeah i know they will that that's a home run they, that no yeah, problem. like I get. I don't know how, but but it's like, do you make him PG thirteen? Like, what do you right. do, Disney? Like, do do you right. keep that under like the the twentieth century? Because like, is isn't that what they're renaming it? They're just naming it like twentieth yeah, century, century entertainment. Getting rid of Fox. Yeah, which kind of sucks, but it's like I understand. But and then instead of, of Max. instead uh, of Stan Lee cameos, uh, do you have Deadpool cameos somewhere in each movie? Is that too breaking fourth wall? I don't know. Can you? Get away with that? Is it too schlocky? I don't know. The Stan I Lee stuff like, I love. But the first little? one that you could do, like, would be really cool. Like, would be kind of funny if you do almost do like a Bigfoot type of thing, and he's just like this, and then he, like turns. Right, right. That'd be kind of funny. Right. Uh, or like they just like he like stops the movie and he's like, "Hey guys, Deadpool cameo." And right, he just right. Ends and that's so you could have a whole bunch of fun ones, right? But yeah, that would be pretty interesting. Or I mean, you could also do a thing where like he just replaces somebody in the in the crew. Yeah, like it's just like. He's in, he's now Captain America and he's just like, just for that scene and like nobody pays attention. Right. Right. Like everyone just like acts like normal and then it's back and you're just like, <laughs> all right, that would, yeah. Now I want this to happen. Now I want that to happen. <laughs> uh, so Sean, like, what, what type of things does uh, Arcana have, uh, or sorry, Arcana have going forward? Yeah. Um, so we are in production of heroes of the golden masks. Um, Am I allowed to even say stuff? So uh, what we have, I think we've announced, um, I think we've announced nothing actually. So I guess I can announce it here. Hey. Uh, Comic-Con, we've announced some stuff on there. So uh, I've directed uh, Ron Perlman a few times. So Ron Perlman is Yeah, I noticed Heroes. that. I was like, do you have like Ron Perlman in your back pocket? Like how does I, that I, work? I wish, no. He's awesome to work with. Honestly, what I love about him, his, uh, his natural voice. I mean, he's just got a beautiful cadence, a good raspiness. Um, he just sounds cool. So every time I get the chance to work with him, I definitely try to. And I think he's fantastic. 
So uh, yeah, we have Ron, so I can announce that here. Uh, but here's the gold mass is in production now. We're delivering quarter one, 2021. Uh, I'm also in production of Ultra Duck. Um, this is created by Edgar Delgado. Uh, we published the book a while ago. Uh, we've also done Valiance, uh, volume one and two, and it's an anthropomorphic duck. And uh, he also breaks the fourth wall, kind of like Deadpool. Um, also, in production, yeah, I, I was I was looking I was looking at that and uh, from some of the stuff that Josh sent over, and I was like, it's like Gizmo Duck mixed with like Howard the Duck, and they like totally. put them together. Yeah, so it's kind of like uh, Edgar describes of where he wanted Ducktales to go back in the day. Um, and yeah, so, you know, uh, yeah, looking at it, it does have a lot of that like DuckTales esque vibe to it. That's what, like, yeah. the first thing I thought I was like, did you guys do like live action, almost like super CG, like DuckTales? Like, this yeah, a little bit. It was funny because years, not years ago, I guess three years ago, four years ago, um, I was saying I wanted to do anthropomorphic characters in CGI, and uh, I literally, I swear, this is before anything came out. Uh, the fox from Robin Hood, the old cartoon, Disney mm -hmm. Robin Hood. I'm like, imagine turning that into CGI. And all of a sudden Zootopia comes out and, and Nick Wilde looks identical to that fox had he been CGI. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool. And then uh, we also have in production Go Fish TV series. Nice. Uh, the movie came out last November through Lionsgate, uh, Grindstone. And that had Ron Perlman in as well. Yay. Mark Hamill. I just seen you mentioned at the beginning. Uh, and so that movie we've now licensed to uh, over a hundred countries worldwide. Uh, we do our sales in house, a young lady named Jarena. Hi Jarena. Thanks. Uh, she's been doing awesome. And uh, so now we uh, we're turning into a TV series. So we've done all 26 episodes as animatics and uh, just starting production, real production. Nice. That's, that's super cool. Like, uh, Especially, you know, the way that everything is kind of going right now. Like, I was still talking to uh, one of my friend, uh, Harold, who he's, like, almost like a secondary co-host on here. Um, we were talking, and I was like, it's going to be interesting, you know, not this year, but next year, what movies come out? Because totally. this is a whole year of, like, nothing being made. Yeah. So I'm, it's, it's, it's cool that you guys are, you know, you're doing production and everything. So like you are going to have something. Whereas like, there's a lot of this stuff that's like, we're probably going to get a lot of indie features because they right. can be made real quick. And you can almost feel it like in all the streaming stuff. Uh, I think boys season two is just coming out mm -hmm. now. Uh, I think this is going to be the last wave of like big new stuff like Netflix. Yeah. They had dead to me season two come out a little while ago. Ozark came out a little bit during that, during COVID. But the thing is, like, you know, we, we binge watch and Ozark, I think we started Friday night. We're done, like, before Saturday night. Um, okay. Like, we just went crazy. I oh, love just Ozark. the season. I was thinking, just like, the, the entire series. I was like, that's like oh, five no, seasons. Just the you guys season. sleep? <laughs> <laughs> no, just the season. But, like, you know, it's hard because I think with, you know, relative ease, you can finish a season in a weekend. Yeah. It's like three, four hours a day, which sounds a little crazy, and maybe it is, but it's not totally hardcore. Maybe it is hardcore. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> one of those, like, I, I got a, a, a screener for Umbrella Academy Season 2, which oh, nice. comes out later this month. Read that and, day. like, I finished it all, and I was like, I got to rewatch it all again. Right, right, Like, I was one of those, I was like, man, it was just so good. And, like, 
but yeah, like thinking, thinking out and you're like, I'm probably not going to get, like it took me a year or almost two years to get season two. Right. So now I'm like, mm, yeah, I'll probably get season three, 2022. Totally. So yeah. The one that also I want to watch again, Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, I watched it with my son, like, you know, it came out, I can't remember Thursday or Friday or whenever it came out. And so we'll watch it that day. They have to wait a week. Mm-hmm. And then we'll watch and wait. So I haven't, I want to watch them like all 10 and they're relatively short. They're all about half hour. Yeah. About half hour. I think the longest one's like 40 minutes, like yeah. not anything insane. So it's a five hour day. Yeah. It's like a That's easy. day at work. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, yeah, like, like I said, it's good that you guys are still, you know, doing stuff like during this craziness. So that's super cool. Um, dude, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. This was, uh, this was quite fun. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Uh, where can everybody find you and Arcana, like social media wise? Yeah, so uh, Twitter and, and Facebook, we all are on arcana.com. Links are on there. I don't know the exact handles. That's uh, Josh Marketing. Uh, but yeah, arcana.com. Um, check out Heroes of the Golden Masks coming out 2021. Uh, Ultra Duck. Go fish and then feel free to read our comics and uh, our panels coming up at Comic-Con July 22nd. Nice. So, uh, and yeah. uh, we don't even have to wait for Josh because this Josh will put all the links in the show notes. So just click on the show notes. You can find Thank all you. those. No problem at all. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom, on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC for podcast. All of our episodes are available, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, uh, pretty much anywhere that you can download a podcast, it's there. Uh, We've got, I mean, we we do ask, please, you know, rate and review. There's 1.2 million podcasts on iTunes right now. Mm -hmm. So rating and reviewing help, you know, boost the numbers so people can find us and then listen to us. Uh, So please do that. Um, but Sean, again, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. I hope to be back if you'll let me. And oh, you're welcome. You're you. welcome back anytime. Um, uh, so for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Sean. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody. Take care. Thank you.